Hi, this is Wendy Dickinson with Ascend to Sell. I'm here today with one of my favorite people, Martha Moore, and I'll let her introduce herself in just a moment. But I want to remind you that oftentimes we as business owners feel as though we're isolated or alone. We're not always sure we're doing the right thing, and we have a lot of responsibility. As a coach, my job is to remind people that we always have choices around our responses, and also we have the opportunity to practice a growth mindset, which means that there really are no mistakes, that the various opportunities that life offers offers us in the form of challenges are the ability to practice our strengths and our skills and build our resilience. And so Martha has led and made some interesting choices in in her career, and I had asked her if she would be willing to share some of her perspectives with you, the listener. So Martha, if you would, please start by introducing yourself and what it is um, that you have done. Sure. Uh, So my name is Martha Moore, and currently I am the Senior Lighting and Shading Sales Consultant for LiveWire is a home automation company here in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I've been a business owner. I've been a CEO of a company. I have uh, been a mother. (laughs) Uh, And I have, uh, you know, made many different uh, career choices uh, throughout my my humble existence in the business world. Um, I look forward to being able to share with you, Wendy. Well, thank you so much. And Martha, I always start these interviews with this question. And that is, what was the first job that you ever had, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so uh, my first job was at Winn-Dixie Supermarket. Awesome. I was, yeah, yes, I was a cashier. I was 16 and had begged my parents uh, to let me take on a a job. Uh, We didn't really do allowances at our house. Uh, So, you know, I was 16, I got my driver's license, I wanted to be able to have some the money in my pocket. So, uh, yeah, I went to work for Winn-Dixie. And, uh, you know, I really learned for the first time about accountability, uh, what it meant to show up for a shift, what it meant to take scheduled breaks uh, and, and work until the job's done and be part of a team. Uh, you know, the, the, the clause that my parents gave me before I started was I could keep the job as long as I kept my grades up. So uh, I only worked at Winn-Dixie for about six months until my parents told me that I, uh, my grades were slipping and I needed to stop. <laughs> what a great learning experience, though, when we realize what our limitations are. A hundred percent. You know, and I've always been a social butterfly. So I also uh, was able to learn uh, how to build professional relationships and, and how to, uh, you know, maybe to, to separate, um, you know, business from pleasure as well. Yeah. And, and so you ended up working at Winn-Dixie for six months, and and sounds like you learned an important life lesson there. Now, Martha, I'd love to ask you, if you wouldn't mind sharing, what is a particular failure or something that the, at the time you considered a failure, and then what did that experience teach you? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, a failure, I've had, I've had many of those. Um, you know, I think... One of the largest failures in my uh, business career was when I owned a direct sales company up in Maryland and decided that it was time to open a second location in Austin, Texas. Uh, the, it was a franchise, and uh, the business model was to teach, train, teach, train, develop salespeople uh, to become branch managers, 
to promote them out to their own locations. Uh, and yeah, I, I jumped the gun on promoting a, a manager into franchise ownership. Um, I sent a sales-driven manager out of state, halfway across the country, uh, with a, a, a young team, an uh, inexperienced team, uh, mixed with, with hunters and farmers, some that were there for the, the management opportunities, some that were there just to, to make money. Uh, and I actually lost $20,000 on the deal and had to bring the team back to Maryland ju- in just five weeks. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, it was a mess. Uh, and I learned, I learned a lot uh, from that about failure. Uh, I, I learned that, one, you know, great salespeople don't always make the best managers. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I also learned about, uh, you know, how slow and steady does really win the, win the race. You know, I was so excited for growth. Uh, I thought I was solid enough. I had the, the people in place, or so I thought. Uh, but my hub, my, my Maryland branch, couldn't handle those big sales producers leaving. And the sales producers that I sent couldn't handle the management side. So I, I had really jumped the gun on that. So what an interesting experience. And, and has it been some time since that occurred? Yes. Yeah, that was, uh, whew, let's see, what year are we in? Uh, that was about nine years ago. And and so nine years ago, I would imagine your your assessment of what you learned from that is very different than your assessment today. And and so today, how do you look back on that situation? Yeah, exactly. That's the whole hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, when I was going through it, I just thought that my world was falling apart. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. you know, I just I, I really um, I thought that. I had, um, you know, I tried to, I tried to point fingers, you know, mm-hmm. I tried to say, you know, man, sales manager, I, I taught you everything you needed to be successful. You know, how, why did this fail? How did this fail? Um, you know, I looked up towards my senior, um, you know, mentors that were within the franchise organization and said, Hey, you know, why did you guys push me to do this? And, um, you know, that whole saying, if you're pointing a finger, you've got four more pointing back at yourself. And so now I just see it as a very typical thing that Martha does. Martha gets super pumped up and excited about something and I can make impulse decisions. Uh, and business is no place for impulse decisions. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that I recognized about you when I first met you, and I think that many others do, is your enthusiasm and the level of collaborative energy that you bring to any gathering. And so um, I, I really admire the way you have taken that experience and captured the learning from it. Mm, thank you. So, Martha, tell me, I, and it sounds like there have been others, uh, how do you recommend or how do you at this point in your life recognize those moments that are really pivot points or crossroads in your careers, in your career, excuse me? Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, Wendy. So, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, you know, there have been many times where I've come through to a, to a crossroads. Uh, recognizing that I'm at a crossroad is, is easier in hindsight, right? Kind of what I just mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it can be really obvious. Uh, you know, think about the, the decision to open up a second location uh, was definitely a crossroad for me, um, but I wasn't able to see the full scope until after I failed. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't able to see the full picture. You know, sometimes we see those crossroads coming. Uh, you know, when the reason I actually left my, my business, I decided to sell my business um, because I found out that I was going to be uh, raising a, a child for the first time and uh, that I'd 
I was going to be doing it alone. And I was four hours away from family, and I was working 80 hours a week. And so at that point, I, I saw that I was at a crossroads, 100%. Okay, Martha, you're either going to keep your business up here in Baltimore, you're going to you know have your child and, and, and raise her and continue to run your business, uh, or you're not. You're going to need to move on and make another decision uh, and find a new path. Uh, and so, you know, uh, with that, 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 that impulse decision that goes out the window. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a time to really lean on my network. That's a time to really um, lean on my, my family, my friends, my spiritual advisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I had to make a decision. Uh, and, uh, yeah, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, you know. So it sounds like you have a process for navigating those, those crossroads. Can you tell us a little bit more in detail about that process for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, navigating the crossroads, I don't do it, you know, perfectly. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, and, but, you know, I really kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, I just don't think that um, navigating through crossroad is a one-person job. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I can't think of, of, I can't think of one instance in my career where, Doing it alone or coming up with the, the, the decision was was a solo job. I've always relied heavily on my relationships uh, and, and those who would I, I would consider you know experts in their field. Uh, like when I opened my second office, like I said, I, I sought counsel from those uh, in the franchise who'd done it before me. Um, when choosing a new career path, I reached out to my count, uh, my, my contacts, my my network, and mm-hmm. found guidance. And, and people you know led me towards recruiters and headhunters and. Um, building you know, solid relationships and nurturing them is, I think, the key to navigating crossroads because we can't do it alone. I think that's brilliant. And I, I also recognize that what a strength it is and can be to have the courage to step out in that vulnerability and say, I've got this thing and I'm not sure about it. And I'd like to know what you person that I like and love think. So uh-huh. yeah, I really admire that about you, Martha. Hey, Martha, you, you have been a business owner. You have been someone who has been responsible or instrumental in growing a business. You've also, and currently you've chosen a role in a field that is experiencing, I think is at the very precipice of exponential growth. In your experience, what are some of the, the gaps in skills or strengths that people need to develop to succeed? Training. <laughs> Interesting. Training, and, yes, absolutely. I think training is the key. Um, putting time and resources into training, um, to training someone can be, <laughs> it can be really expensive for the business owner. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an investment that doesn't always yield a return because, you know, sometimes you not that higher. Uh, or it doesn't work out for one reason or another, but investing in the proper training uh, for employees, I think it yields big results. It builds the foundation on which uh, the employee can be successful. And as a business owner, you know, I know when I owned my business, I wasn't planning on being the, you know, operations manager slash CEO slash <laughs> bookkeeper slash every other hat that I was wearing for the rest of my life. I needed to train people in order to replace myself. Um, so, man, investing in training of, of your, your employees, it's invaluable. Well, again, it, it, that is, you're, you're um, 
echoing and you're singing my song about mindset, a growth mindset and self-awareness, uh, just to recognize that what your skill set happens to be. Hey, Martha, I'm curious, what, in your opinion, are three of the most common challenges for business owners? Yeah, <laughs> so there are plenty. Um, I know if we're looking at, at challenges that are happening, you know, the, the point is, is we should be growing every single day. And I don't mean our wallets. Mm -hmm. I mean that if we're not learning something new, we're not growing. Uh, and so, you know, thinking about, you know, the, the, the challenges or the transitions that we've talked about, I know in my experience that losing key people can be a really huge challenge for a business owner. So you've invested a ton of time, a ton of training uh, in, in, into either a salesperson or a manager or somebody that you're hoping that, you know, that, that becomes kind of a bedrock for your business uh, and, and they leave, that that can leave a really big you know, void um, in the business. Mm -hmm. um, expanding, obviously, hello. Uh, you know, expansion, it has to be slow and steady and you know, that is where I would really, you know, recommend, and, I, and I've seen, you know, other people in my network do this, is, is bringing in a business coach or bringing in, surrounding themselves with people who know what they're doing um, to say, okay, when is the right time to open a second location? Um, do I have the people in place? Do I have the, the, the financial backing to be able to do this? What if it fails? Is my business going to have to close? Um, and I think, God, I touched on it earlier, replacing yourself. Mm -hmm. replacing yourself so 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 training those those key people again knowing your strengths and weaknesses being able to bring someone in so that as the ceo or president of a company that you know you're not the the top salesperson you shouldn't you shouldn't be um the, the goal is to replace yourself so that you can you know potentially you know sell that business and retire you know i know i don't want to work uh, forever in my business until I die. You know, my father was an attorney, and uh, and, and that's what he did. And, and some businesses are like that. You know, attorneys, doctors. Uh, but you know, I, I would much prefer to uh, get it ready to rock and roll and, and pass the torch on so that I could, uh, I don't know, go to the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> so, Martha, I, I wonder if this is a good time for you to tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the industry that you've entered. And, and how your skills are, are continuing to develop. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so interesting, Wendy. Um, you know, to, to, I've been in sales now for uh, oh, well over 10 years. Uh, you know, it started you know, after I graduated college and, and went into the direct sales industry. And then I uh, worked for a, a small local payroll company for five years. And uh, when that company was purchased by a national competitor, I, uh, again, leaned on my network and uh, got in front of uh, this, this company called LifeWire. And I tell you what, I, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I almost didn't go on the interview. Um, they, were, they were looking for a lighting and shading sales consultant, and I really didn't even know what that meant. Uh, but once I you know, kind of followed my feet, right, yeah. and got to sit down with this, this, this owner, Henry Clifford, uh, I was just blown away. I mean, here was a guy who started a company 15 years ago here in Richmond, basically with his Dodge Neon and a generator in the back, uh, and said, we're going to do this low-voltage wiring approach to, uh, to smart homes. Uh, and, and, and sitting with the owner for about an hour and a half, I was excited, and I still didn't understand what the position entailed because he was so excited. Uh, and, you know, after being able to sit down with the sales manager and the owner uh, later and go into dive into a little more detail about it, 
I saw this as an opportunity for me to bring some, some skills to the table in many different ways. You know, this the, the technology industry, the home automation industry, is pretty male-dominant. So, number yeah. one, I saw that the owner and the sales manager were, you know, without, you know, crossing HR lines, they were looking to, to fill this role with a, with a, um, a, a strong female sales, salesperson. And, um, and, and I could see where having, a, you know, a female on the team, which is it's a completely male sales team other than myself, uh, I knew I could bring value to that, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, a woman's perspective and just the way that we do business is a little different. And sometimes we can uh, see, see some things that sometimes those guys just don't notice. Uh, and really, really, I thought I could bring value, uh, again, as being a previous business owner and then, again, a sales manager. Uh, I thought I could bring value to this team. And it's an industry that I don't know anything about. I know I know a lot more now than I'm about five weeks ago, but, you know, I have a hard time figuring out how to back up my iPhone. Uh, but the, their willingness to take my sales skills and my relationship skills and my network you know, that was another thing that they were really excited about is that I, I've kind of worked to develop a brand for myself in Richmond to where I have a really big network. Uh, and uh, and that trained me on this technology piece was just really, really exciting uh, that they, they didn't run away from me saying, oh, no, she doesn't know anything. But they were willing to invest in me to get me trained up and brought, you know brought up to speed because, you know, they believe, and I believe this is true too, uh, I can learn the technology piece, yeah. but the, 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 the sales piece and the being able to build the relationships and the network and all that stuff, some of that stuff can't be taught. Uh, and so I just, I'm, I'm so excited about the opportunities there. It is a growing industry, uh, and it, it can only go up from here uh, as far as technology within the home or your business goes. So it's uh, pretty pretty great. It is, and it seems to me like the other other aspect of this is the the value that you bring is your creative collaboration and and your willingness to open that network and and to create that space for your new uh, company to become a part of that and uh-huh. it, that is just invaluable and how would you put a dollar figure on that you really can't right right, right. oh gosh Martha that is just <laughs> so exciting yeah, thank you. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I I would like to close out uh, by asking you if there was one thing that you could change about the business world, Martha, what would it be? <laughs> Man, that's a tough question, Wendy. You it already is. Know that's a tough question. You know, the invisible line or the almost tenuous line between small business and corporate America. You know, I think that a lot of small business owners go into business because they're passionate about something or they love something. I went into direct sales because I absolutely love teaching, training, developing people, building relationships with clients. Uh, That's my favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. And that's why I went into business. And then as I was in business, I realized, okay, cool, I have this opportunity to expand and grow, you know, right here within the franchise. Um, so I think a lot of business owners start their small business because because they're passionate about something or they're really good at, 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 at swinging a hammer, you know, or they're yes. really good at, at baking baking scones or whatever. I also think some small businesses um, open 
with the pure idea of being gobbled up in the future. Yes. Um, to just get in, get as many clients as they can, and then sell to the big guy. Um, and, you know, to each their own, I would say, and, and by all means, I'm not trying to be negative towards the businesses that see opportunities. Um, I, I worked for a bank, um, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, that sole purpose is that they had opened a small community bank, they sold it to BB&T, made a bunch of money, and then they decided to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's one way to approach business, and I get it, but... Um, Man, I tell you, the, the, the passion that a small business owner has because they open a business because they believe in something, uh, and, 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 and sometimes they get to a point where they have to be gobbled up by the big guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that, that line that I'm talking about there is, uh, I wish there was something to be done about that because um, some small business owners end up having no choice but to, um, but to sell to a big, big corporate company. Yeah, and I think that takes us back to to mindset and awareness, to be honest. Uh Uh, As you have mentioned a couple of times before, if a business owner recognizes they are at that transition point, a lot of times people um, engage in what I call either-or thinking. And so Uh they um, think that they either have to close or they have to sell. And, and so I'm wondering if, if we were, you and I were going to make the ideal world and we erased that line between corporate America and the small business owner, if instead that owner felt supported in finding or creating other options and did that with the support of a larger organization, you know? Yeah. It, that could Let's be a, do it. Yeah, that could be <laughs> such a cool thing, wouldn't it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Martha, gosh, I've so appreciated your time this morning and the opportunity to speak to you. Do Anything else that you want to add before we close? No, I mean, this has just been a, a great opportunity, Wendy. I really re- appreciate you reaching out to me. And um, yeah, this has been fun. <laughs> awesome, Martha. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks. You too, Wendy. Bye-bye.